know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. Like the man said, here we are. Those Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith in the Golf Cave. And we've got some guests. We've got some information. We've got some tips, some tricks, some techniques, and uh, a little entertainment. You never know with us. We try to be entertaining. We try. Like, you know. Actually, it's not that you don't never know what's coming up. It's that we never know what's coming up because, you know, this, we don't prepare. We just fly by the seat of our pants. We're just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're just out here. All right, man. One of the things we're going to talk about is um, we've got a buddy. I don't know, maybe Jeff's cousin, Jared Smith from Wilderness Trail Distilling, who's going to come on, and we're going to see if we can work out a deal with him where we can get bourbon slushies at uh, at our next golf scram. You know, that's a that's a really really <laughs> powerful idea. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, on a hot day, there ain't nothing better. But uh, we're going to talk to him in a little bit. We will recap the last live from the Golf Cave on Facebook. If you haven't seen it yet, you can just go to facebook.com slash golfguys, and it's right there for you. It was a great 40-minute piece that Jeff did, basically on how to find the proper ball position. It was a good one. There is a difference, is there not, Jeff, between the way you teach, which is is very unique to the person you are teaching, as opposed to the general, here's what it should look like when you do this, because you do give some generalities about where the ball should be for the different clubs, but mine are behind all of those generalities. And I just want to know, am I doing something wrong or is that just the way I'm no, built? the way you're built. Okay. And, and, you've, and, and you've hit the nail right on the head. You know, as I talk on the radio show, you know, I don't know who I'm really talking to in terms of physical bodies, right? right. I know I'm talking to people. And so what I'm doing is, is shooting down the majority road with most of the commentary. I'm, I'm talking in general positions about ball position. And when we did the Facebook Live broadcast, it became very apparent that I was showing each and every one of the viewers how to find their yeah. best ball position. You right? just have to not feel bad about yourself if you're different from what the the quote unquote average is. Who wants to be average? Well, okay. think about this, John. What if you were to go out talking about how to grow a mustache <laughs> and you just started down the average road? Yeah, that's just it, it will only fit if it was my face. I hear you 100 percent, man. All right. So we're going to okay. talk about that again. We're going to talk about some more tips, of, uh, a few new things that uh, we can do to help your next round be better. And we're coming right back to do that. We are those weekend golf guys. So hang with us. One of the many differences between men and women is the way we shop. And it goes back to caveman days. You know, the tribes were hunters and gatherers. The women would go through the fields and they go, oh, this looks delicious. I'll get some of this for later and I'll pick up this and I'll pick up that. And the guys were like, "Mm, we're hungry. Let's go kill something. That's what happens when we go shopping. You go, whether it's online or at the mall or whatever, the women go from store to store, from place to place. Putting things in the cart, taking things out of the cart, thinking about it, maybe coming back. Guys, you look for something, you see it, you like it, you buy it. It's over. And there's a great website for guys. And they, they kind of take your old caveman instincts and bring it into the 21st century. And it's a great website for the modern man. And I got to tell you, it's called Roan, R-H-O-N-E.com. Great site, great clothing. And I did something the way most, I, the way most guys shop. 
I was on the website and I saw a pair of shoes and I went, oh, I like those. And I got them. And I got them. It was my first order, so I got it for 20% off. And you can too. Go to roan.com slash weekend and then use the promo code weekend when you check out and you too will get 20% off your first order. So make it a big one. You know, the more you buy, the more you save. I never quite understood that concept until someone offered me 20% off my first order. So I said, well, you know, why don't I make it all my first order? That would be a smart thing for you to do too. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Uh, clothes, great polo shirts for golf, great shorts for golf, uh, great pants, dress shirts, shoes. Uh, yeah. They got them all. They got everything there. Check it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful site, and it's it's designed for the way guys shop. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Promo code weekend. Get 20% off your first order. Hey, welcome back. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith with another Smith added to the collection today. I want to welcome him, Jared Smith from Wilderness Trail Distilling. First off, Jerry, thanks for spending some time with us here at Those Weekend Golf Guys. But I got to tell you something. You, you said something very, very meaningful to me just a few moments ago. And you said that making bourbon is a lot like playing golf. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong, and sometimes you just get lucky. <laughs> so that, that, that's how it is. You know, the, uh, all the time you put into it. So some bourbons, you know, you can you know, get up there 10, 15 you know, years old. You might be, you know, way longer than that in your golf game. Yeah. Uh, and then have a terrible round. Same thing, you know, you might open that 15-year-old uh, barrel of bourbon and it could be just some terrible over oak stuff in there. It's got to be tough to make something today and then wait 8 to 10 years and hope that it turns out okay. Absolutely. Uh, it, it is. It is. It, it's, it's like any job. You know, there's a lot of frustration. But the good thing is there's, there's a lot of payoff, too. Uh, whenever you do, you're going through the, the Rick House. Uh, right now, we're getting into our single barrel program where stores, restaurants, even groups uh, get to come in and pick their own barrel. So they get to go through uh, and taste a couple of different samples. And, and when you find one that's just a honey hole of, of, of good caramel, some good vanilla, might be some good butterscotch in there. Uh, it just tastes so good. Uh, that payoff's definitely worth it for every uh, everyone you taste, and uh, it's just not quite ready yet. I don't know if maybe it's just I'm too old. I used to smoke, yeah. so maybe I smoked too much. Jeff, you don't have to respond. That was a rhetorical statement. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I can taste major differences between brands of bourbon, but I don't know if I would taste butterscotch or if I recognized it. I know what tastes good. I know what I like, but I don't know why. Does it matter why? No, it absolutely does not matter. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head right there that you said that you know what you like. Yeah. Um, it, it is good to be able to kind of to, to sit down with a whiskey, you know, get some good flavors, dissect it. Uh, that's fun in its own right. But a lot of times you just want to drink. You know, you just want to taste something that just tastes good. You don't, yeah. you don't want to have... Uh, a sommelier level palate to you know go through that uh, so as long as it tastes good and you enjoy it heck yeah that's you know some of my favorite whiskeys are, are, are cheaper whiskeys that uh, just taste good just hit the spot what is the the combination that you guys recommend as as official bourbonites is it just neat a little water you, do you cringe when you hear someone order your brand with coke no <laughs> okay 
Yeah, no, that was just, yeah, so, so kind of, like I said, whatever you like, you like. But if you want to really get in, in, involved, get in-depth into it, uh, you do want to kind of get down to the, the, the bones of the product. And you can do that neat. But a lot of times neat might be a little too strong, mm-hmm. unless, especially for a, a new bourbon drinker. Yeah. A lot of the, the trend now is to have a barrel-proof whiskey. So the higher proof, uh, you know, a lot of stuff's coming out 120 proof, 130 proof. So for your first-time bourbon drinker or your even your, your 10-year-old, uh, ten, not 10-year-old bourbon drinker, ten, uh, a 10-year veteran of bourbon drinking, you might need a little bit of, of spring water to cut that down. With. Yeah. Uh, and that helps open up some of the flavors. You know, It helps you really kind of cut through some of the alcohol burn. Whenever we do fault testing, so whenever we take samples that we're making off of the steel, this is one of the fun parts of the job when you get to, to you know, drink on the job. <laughs> uh, we take those samples and we add spring water and we'll proof that down uh, to about 30% alcohol or 60 proof. That way that you really don't have any uh, noticeable alcohol burn, alcohol sensation. If you're a whiskey drinker, you're not really going to like it because it's, it's so low proof. Uh, but you can really get into the flavors that way. It lets something that's not supposed to be there show up. And a lot of times, something that's, that's tasting really good at the time um, uh, show up in there as well. And, and how about thirst quenching? Yeah, so for thirst quenching, uh, man, that's the one thing that, that bourbon, it can really hit that spot for it, but you've got to be careful with it, though. You know, uh, bourbon will creep up on you, especially <laughs> once you get into those those higher proof stuff. Uh, so I really think bourbon should help your handicap. You know, a couple of drinks, you should loosen you up a little bit, especially if you got a you know, bad bag, got the elbow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get, get, get too heavy in the taste in there. You might be, uh, you might be getting up there 36 plus on, the, on those handies. So. Or, or it may get to the point where you just don't care anymore. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, yeah, when you do it. that, you start playing better too. We were at a golf scramble a couple of years ago that um, had the, the cart girl was tooling around the course with bourbon slushy machine. <laughs> what? <laughs> a bourbon slushy machine? A bourbon slushy machine. Yes. She was the most popular woman of the day. Wow. And talk about creeping up on you because it goes down like ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah so actually <laughs> So that might be good to help prevent drinking. You'd get the cold headache before you would start getting <laughs> that's uh, true you know, to to buzz from it. I guess so. that is true. But they would only give you very small helping little little plastic cups, not quite the size of communion cups, but just a tad bigger, a sufficient helping each time. But when you go back ten or eleven times, like Intrepid producer Mark did, it just kind of defeats the purpose, man. <laughs> did you yeah. guys even finish the round of golf? After said slushy machine was hiking around. We finished it, but don't remember finishing. Yeah, I was going to say, did, did she like park in strategic places to lead you to the end of the golf course? No, but if coming around, tell you what, man, if you want to make some extra money at a golf scramble, give Jared a call and say, hey, send us some product over so we can make some bourbon slushies. Because especially at a scramble on a warm day, they are very, very popular. In fact, Jared, you might want to start start offering those in the distillery itself. You give tours over there. Maybe this would be something you can throw to throw to someone at the end of the tour, just in case. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be perfect. Yeah, we do. We know we're on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, so mm-hmm. a lot of folks, uh, you know, come down and visit us uh, through that way. But yeah, the Bourbon Slushy, uh, I had one up at Bell's Cocktail House in Lexington, and and it was yeah, uh, I'm with you on it. It's definitely thirst quenching, but. That takes a small quantity. <laughs> exactly. It just tastes too good. It, it tastes it yeah. tastes so benign, I guess is the way you put it, you know? Right. <laughs> you right. forget what kind of a kick it's going to have. What is the, the name on the label of, of your bourbon, Jared? Yeah, so the Wilderness Trail, 
Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I mean, we're we're really proud to have that Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey on the label. Uh, you know, made here. We don't source it yeah. from anywhere outside of the state. Use all Kentucky ingredients, Kentucky barrels, uh, aged here. Uh, you know, we're out of Danville. So many folks coming down. Uh, I know a lot of folks like to play up, uh, you know, close to Harrisburg at Brightleaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any folks there in Central Kentucky, you know, come down visit us. You got a beautiful, beautiful place there. We've got a, a really great industry here in the bourbon industry, so it's great to be able to highlight that. And that bourbon trail, man, If I don't care where you're listening right now, but if, if you're at all interested in consuming whiskey of any sort, you need to come take a trip on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Uh, bring your sticks, because as he said, uh, very close to their distillery is a very nice golf resort called the Brightleaf Golf Resort. And it's funny, really close to like every distillery in the state there's a really nice golf course coincidence we don't think so <laughs> i have a question yes sir a, tell me why jared bourbons aren't really made to other places why yeah, is yeah, it absolutely that the state of kentucky claims to have the best bourbons yeah, well, I'm going to take issue with the word claims. I think it's well proven. The best out there. But yeah, it, it, it's really a lot of uh, historical components, too. Uh, historical, uh, just that know-how. Back when Kentucky was settled uh, in, the, in the late 1700s, you know, one out of five people probably was, was a distiller. You know, If you was a farmer, you had some, some distilling skills, especially once you moved across the mountains. And Kentucky was the first west, you know, the first big westward push across the mountains. It became really impossible to to sell your your grain products back across, but you could take that and liquefy that into a uh, whiskey, and, and then you had a much more movable, marketable component that you could sell for for more money. Once that first wave pushed in here, you know, pretty much everybody, you know, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio was distillers back then. But the best really came from Kentucky because of the climate. You know, we're we're a little bit further south, so. Uh, you get more of the, those warmer temperatures to help with it, but also we do have cold winters, uh, so that that helps too. It helps the whiskey, you know, come out of the wood during the cold. It's going to get forced into the wood during the heat. But a lot of those components came together. Uh, just the know-how, the grains, the temperature, the microclimate. Ducky bourbon was was always been really good, but then once the railroad hit, you know, it was really expanded uh, out west, and we just had our, our foot in the market first, I guess. So it, also, it has to do with the water being naturally filtered through the limestone, too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, John, absolutely. I yeah. didn't even mention that, but that limestone filter spring water, that's going to give the water a really good flavor. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier when we talked about even how to drink the whiskey. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a bourbon snob. I'll drink bottom shelf stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm an ice snob. You know, I won't put a regular you know restaurant ice or ice out of my tap into my whiskey. If I'm going to put ice in it, I'm going to put spring water in my special tray in my freezer, and I'm going to drop that in my bourbon. <laughs> I've never so, heard that before. An ice snob. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we all yeah, could aspire so you- to that. <laughs> All right, Jared Smith, Wilderness Trail Distillery. Thank you so much for joining us here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. And you, you hang out with us because we're coming right back. Are you a sales guy or a business owner? And do you use golf in your business? You should, you know. It's a great way to build a relationship much quicker and much more deeply than you can in a month full of business lunches. Really is. You can learn more about somebody in 18 holes of golf than, than, than you can any other way. Check it out. Make sure you do it right. We've got a place you can go. It's called thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Got a freebie there for you to download on how to put together the perfect foursome to actually make a whole lot of money, a whole lot more money than you're going to make normally. 
it's, it's the best way to make friends and influence people, if you pardon the expression. Golf for Business, thebusinessgolfcourse.com, the perfect golf foursome. You can get it for free. Just go there, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. One more time, the write it all out, one word, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. And welcome back. It is us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith in the other studio. Just right. a small little uh, ante room off of the golf cave, uh, hiding out from the rain and the lightning, which didn't happen today, which means you actually got out there and got to play golf. How about that, John? I tell you, this being a, a momentous day, uh, here it is. Uh, what, what are we on? June? I don't yeah, know. It's June anyway. 1st. <laughs> June the Somewhere. 1st. Yeah. And, and I've only, this was, today was the ninth round of golf for the year. Eight of them were on spring break <laughs> when I was down in Hilton Head. Yeah. And yeah. today I got to play, oddly enough, now listen here, folks. Uh, I've been working here teaching at, at Timbergate Golf Course for over a year now. And today was the first day I played all 18 holes. <laughs> <laughs> and this and is a, much this, time teaching and not enough time doing the fun stuff. And if you think that's a momentous occasion, it's even more momentous because you played golf with a guy named Dave Blakelock. Uh -huh. And Dave, first off, Dave, welcome to those weekend golf guys. And, and did you beat him or did you keep score or does it matter? Well, we kept score, but everyone was sworn to secrecy. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought. You beat them. Uh, 100 days, 100 courses.com. Um, you are playing and Tim, Timbergate is just one day, one course. You've got 99 others, 99 other courses, 99 other days. And this is, um, I guess one, one heck of a way to make a living, man. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was making a living doing this. You know, I thought, I thought we came up with, you know, a cool little way to get around to just doing the radio show. At least it makes golf tax deductible for us. What's what, what's your deal, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm traveling around the country playing golf, trying to raise awareness of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Um, okay. My mother-in-law passed away from Alzheimer's back in July, and my mom passed away about six weeks ago with Alzheimer's. So oh, that's <clears throat> why I came up with this idea. I started in Southern California in May, in March, and I'm going to finish in Boston in June. So, well. And he has uh, been driving and driving and driving. At least he gets to stop frequently, go from golf course to golf course. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better way to see the country, honestly. I can't either, man. How would you pick the courses you wanted to play? Is it just the ones that had a tee time available or what? <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's interesting because I started to try to figure out what courses I wanted to play. And if you go online and say, okay, golf in Vegas or golf in Phoenix, mm -hmm. it just blows your mind. So I turned it all over to the folks at Tee Off and ask them to pick the courses. I told them my parameters, where I was starting, where I was finishing, and they picked all 100 courses for me and they put me out on some great tracks. Wow. So they, yeah. they're, they're working with you in this, in this deal. What's, what's going to come of, I know you've got the website, 100days100courses.com, but what do you hope to, other than raising awareness, is, is there a bottom line that you're trying to get to here? Yeah, so um, what, we're also raising some funds. Mm -hmm. um, Tioff has donated a foursome at every one of the 100 courses, and so cool. people make donations right. and get the right to join me in a foursome. Not that it's you know, a great prize or anything, <laughs> but we have a good time. Uh -huh. um, we're supporting a good cause. 100% of the money that's donated uh, goes, to, goes 
to 100 days, 100 courses, and then I will disperse it to two different Alzheimer's charities, uh, the Cure Alzheimer's Fund and the Alzheimer's Association. So uh, we're trying to raise uh, 50, about $50,000 is the goal and, you know, raise awareness through social media and radio shows like this. Man, it's just such, such a cool thing, man. How, Jeff, how'd you get involved in this, man? Well, you know what? It, um, because he's playing here at Timbergate, uh, the general manager, Wayne, said, hey, guess what? We got this deal going on. He says, take a day off for once and come play golf. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know. Let me see what the weather's <laughs> going to be like. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it was, I wasn't sure whether I was going to be teaching up the Sagamore or teaching here or what was going to happen. And it turned out that, you know, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go play. So I cleared the schedule and bam, here we go. And I played golf. That's fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm sure both, uh, both you and Dave enjoyed yourselves immensely out there. You know, we did. Unfortunately, we had to play with Wayne and Kyle. And, you know, otherwise, we'd have gone out with the two of us. We'd still be out there laughing, joking, having a great time. But the reason that our group was sworn to secrecy, because it was really more about the swearing from the other fellas. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about courses all over the country. Right. We, had, uh, we actually had uh, Drew came and joined us for the first, I don't know, he joined us for 12, 13 holes before he had to go to golf practice. Mm -hmm. So, That's you know. Cool. There was three balls out there that were being, you know, pretty well played. <laughs> and Dave, then, Dave, and when, then you, uh, when I was just wondering, Dave, when you were looking at your itinerary that that they set up for you, did you look at any of the courses and go, "Oh my God, how am I going to do this one?" I, there were quite a few that I said, "Oh my God, how am I going to do this one?" <laughs> and everyone has an opinion, and there's a course uh, called Coyote Springs. It's north of Vegas. And I, the, the three days leading up to that course, everybody that I was playing with was saying, "Oh my God, you're gonna, you're just gonna get killed at Coyote Springs." And they were pretty right, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, there's there's a lot of good courses on this list of courses. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing, and I, I, you know, he's out in Las Vegas, and he got to play Paiute, he got to play Royal Lynx. I've played there. Uh, gets to go to Coyote Springs and Mesquite. Mm -hmm. uh, and TPC Vegas. TPC Las Vegas. I've played there as well. That's a beautiful. Golf mm -hmm. course. It's fun carrying it over those chasms, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. That's a lot of a lot of good time. John, you'd hate that golf course. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. um, we, <laughs> there's there's a lot of golf courses I hate, man. Why 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 in particular would I hate this one? Well, there are a lot of forced carries over uh, over little canyons. Oh. I gotcha. A yeah. lot of, lot of opportunities to watch your ball just sink to the bottom, then you'll never retrieve it. Yeah, uh, you don't want to go get those. No. Yeah. No, there's rattlesnakes and other kinds of you know, vermin and things down there, scorpions yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I see stuff in, in Georgia, the, the club at Savannah Harbor, Stone Mountain, I've played there. Bears Best in Atlanta, I've played there. Oh, He's Stone the, Mountain, man. Yeah. Everything breaks toward the mountain. What's that? Everything breaks right. toward the mountain. <laughs> yeah. That's what they told me when I played Stone Mountain, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no matter how many times they tell you that, you still don't believe it. No, That's you right. don't. <laughs> He's uh, in North Carolina. He played the Noose. He played the Country Club of Whispering Pines. Mm -hmm. He played uh, Burkdale in the Tradition at Charlotte. Wow. Um, he into South Carolina. He played Palmetto Hall and Pinecrest down in Hilton Head. Fantastic. Uh, Wild Dune in, in Charleston. Whispering Pines in Myrtle Beach. I mean, he's he gets wow. to bounce up into the the coast and into Virginia and Connecticut, and New Jersey, and yeah. Wild Dunes <laughs> in Charleston. Man, is is one of my all time favorite golf courses. Quick little story: When I was there in the eighties, living in Charleston. The uh, gentleman that owned Wild Dunes was approached by the USGA. They wanted to do the uh, U.S. Open there. And he said, really? you know, 
He said, you know why they call this Wild Dunes? Because it's built on Wild Dunes. <laughs> so you know what would happen if I had a large number of people standing here watching golf? Yeah. <laughs> My golf course would be ruined. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. I bet when you were there, number 18 was still a par 5. It was. It's now a par 3. Oh, really? What happened? <laughs> the, it's the, wild, the, the wild ocean took a... <laughs> Oh, is that it? the last two shots in that hole? Oh, it did, huh? <laughs> yeah. How about wow. that? Yeah. The so ocean. yeah, they've had some you know rough storms come through there, oh, right? Yeah. The the hill. Uh, a few years back, um, there was a, a hurricane down in Hilton Head. It actually, made landfall in the guts of Hilton Head, ruined a lot of things, but it also skipped up the coast. That was probably yeah. That's probably what happened. Yeah, and then also when Hur Pretty Hurricane close, Hugo yeah. came in, and back in the late eighties or nineties, whenever that was, yeah. decimated Charleston. There's there's a whole side of a, a street at Folly Beach that was oceanfront property. Now the other side of the street is oceanfront property. So, mother he spent a long time in California and yeah. a long time in Arizona and a long time in Texas. Can't yeah. blame him. I can't either. <laughs> Wait, right? Waiting for spring to come to the northern climes. <laughs> yeah, right. How about this one? He's down in San Diego, Carlsbad, Orange County. You know, he's playing the, the JW Marriott at Palm Desert. He plays PJ West. He plays Madeiras in San Diego, Arrowhead and Carlsbad, and Los Angeles Country Club. I, what mm. what a he's this guy had a great time. Yeah. It's, it's just unfair. Somebody's gonna... Yeah. You know, I need to get down on a gig like this. Yeah. Raise money, go play golf. See, now why didn't this is one of those things where you sit back and go, Wow, what a great idea. Why didn't we think of this? You know? Yeah, we thought a radio show would have been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> How wrong were we? <laughs> we have to work too hard at this, and we don't go anywhere. Come on. <laughs> how about how, how many courses in Texas? One, 13. two, three, 13 courses in Texas alone. And Dave Blakelock is with us. He is uh, 100days100courses.com, and he's got uh, a few days left, and we are going to come back and talk to him some more right here on those Weekend Golf Guys. So hang out with us. Don't you move. One of the many differences between men and women is the way we shop. And it goes back to caveman days. You know, the tribes were hunters and gatherers. The women would go through the fields and they go, oh, this looks delicious. I'll get some of this for later and I'll pick up this and I'll pick up that. And the guys were like, mm, we're hungry. Let's go kill something. That's what happens when we go shopping. You go, whether it's online or at the mall or whatever, the women go from store to store, from place to place. Putting things in the cart, taking things out of the cart, thinking about it, maybe coming back. Guys, you look for something, you see it, you like it, you buy it. It's over. And there's a great website for guys. And they, they kind of take your old caveman instincts and bring it into the 21st century. And it's a great website for the modern man. And I got to tell you, it's called Rhone, R-H-O-N-E.com. Great site, great clothing. And... I did something the way most I the way most guys shop. I was on the website and I saw a pair of shoes and I went, "Oh, I like those." And I got them. And I got them. It was my first order, so I got it for 20% off. And you can too. Go to roan.com/weekend and then use the promo code weekend when you check out and you too will get 20% off your first order. So make it a big one. You know, the more you buy, the more you save. Never quite understood that concept until someone offered me 20% off my first order. So I said, well, you know, why don't I make it all my first order? 
That would be a smart thing for you to do, too. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Uh, clothes, great polo shirts for golf, great shorts for golf, uh, great pants, dress shirts, shoes. Uh, yeah, they got them all. They got everything there. Check it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful site, and it's, it's designed for the way guys shop. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Promo code weekend. Get 20% off your first order. Back again with those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Dave Blakelock is uh, our guest here. 100 days, 100courses.com. Raising money for Alzheimer's uh, research, trying to find a cure. And that, that just hits you so close to home when you have family members who, who suffer and, and pass away from a, a disease as debilitating, as nasty as Alzheimer's, man. It's, I, I am glad that you and, and proud of you for being able to come up with some way that you can personally attack it. It's got to make you feel good too. Like you're actually doing something. Yeah. You get, you struggle with what can you do when, yeah. when a family member has Alzheimer's. And yeah. so this was just an idea that I had. I mean, it impacted even the golf community, you know, like Pete Dye comes down with Alzheimer's and you see the right. impact that he's had on the game of golf. It's like, mm-hmm. what, what can I do? It impacts every socioeconomic strata out there. Nobody is immune from it. Yeah, no, yeah, and and there is there is nothing you can do to shield yourself from it or anything because that is something that uh, I wouldn't want anybody else or as few people as possible to have to live through is uh, watching a relative deteriorate, and that's the hard part, man. When you watch you you watch your family members and you know that there's nothing you can do right now to help, right? And man, you just feel so totally helpless. Every day they slip away from you just a little more. Yeah, yeah, it's. I don't mean to get all bummer on everybody here. Let's uh, <laughs> turn around and make it a little bit better. But there, there are things we can do, and I think Dave, you're you're proving it that that there are ways you can get involved. There are things you can do to help raise money, which is one of the main things that we need: both money to help find a cure for diseases like this, money to help uh, treat diseases like this, and and money to help families who are dealing with diseases like this. There are a lot of families, I'm sure, who are affected by Alzheimer's who really can't afford to be affected by Alzheimer's. Yeah, I mean, you look at Alzheimer's, there's uh, 6 million patients in the United States alone, but there's 16 million caregivers that are unpaid taking care of those patients. Mm. And, that, and that is a really tough job. Taking yes. care of someone that you love that you see slowly slipping away. Yeah. And that's really and it's, it's spotlight on them. It is so difficult, too. I mean, it, it takes so much of your time, so much of your energy. I have my, my, my cousin, my both, both my... Uh, both my aunts have uh, passed away from that, and um, I have cousins who have spent innumerable hours doing nothing but giving care to uh, to their parents, sacrificing everything that they were doing in their own right. lives. And uh, it's just it's there, tough, man. There, there are no days off when you're when you're a caregiver for someone like that. No, you've had you've had some donations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had mentioned teeoff.com. Right. Uh, anybody else that has been a, a significant contributor? Well, I mean, I've got a series of sponsors. Tee Off is the lead sponsor. Right. Um, Golf Tech has uh, supported me as I've gone forward. The folks at Callaway have helped out. Right. Um, <clears throat> folks at William Murray Golf is another one. And then I'm playing 14 Troon courses and six Marriott courses. And so those organizations have both helped and support me when I show up on the, on their courses. That's so. great. Well, a, a big shout out to all of those, uh, all of those people who are, who are helping and supporting and donating, uh, for this good cause. I think it's terrific. And, mm-hmm. You get the, the benefit of getting to drive the country and play good golf courses, yeah. but the purpose is is to raise some funds and, and some awareness to for these causes, and I think that's terrific. 
Thank you. Just terrific. Here's a guy <laughs> who's playing a hundred courses in a hundred days. And you know, I, I got to tell you, I'd be sore right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there'd be a significant sized bottle of, uh, <laughs> of not whiskey, uh, but uh, that that too. of, uh, yeah, <laughs> some, uh, some, uh, some painkillers of some kind, mm -hmm. the over the counter stuff, you right. know, the, the acetaminophens and, yeah. and, you know, I think I'd be, I'd be wearing through some shoes and some shoe inserts, things like that, making my feet feel better. I I've been very lucky. I mean, I do have a big bottle of, uh, ibuprofen that I travel with, but I have not had <laughs> to break into that too often. I've uh, just been lucky. I mean, I've had Occasionally my elbow hurts or my wrist or, you know, one of my right. legs will be bothering me, but nothing debilitating, you know, so this is three quarters of the way through. And so far, where's the wood? Knock yeah, on right. wood. I, you know, I, I haven't had it other than a little bit of poison ivy. That was probably the worst thing that I've had. So. That's good. So Dave, how, how did you train how, for this how much or did you have to? You had to play. Um, so I'll deal with training yeah. first. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did a bunch of training throughout the fall to try to get fall and winter to get ready for this to make sure I could do it. Mm -hmm. And actually, in the last fall, September, uh, before I even announced to anybody I was going to do this, I played 10 courses over 10 days to see how my body reacted. Mm -hmm. And I figured if I could do 10, I could extrapolate that and say, yeah, I think I can do this. So, but then I did, you know, I, I did things like yoga. I did bar. I lifted weights. I did cardio, right. all trying to work on flexibility in my core before, before embarking on this trip. In, in this trip, have you had to make adjustments in your schedule to rain out one day, so 36 the next, that kind of stuff? I have, I have not done that at the, to this point. Basically, if the course is open, I will play. And I'm always looking at the weather. So if I see a storm coming in uh, like at 10 o'clock, right. I've shown up at courses at 6.30 to try to get my 18 in before the storm gets there. Right. And so I've done that at least a half a dozen times to try to beat the weather. I've had a couple of three-hour rain delays, like at TPC Sawgrass. Right. We sat in the clubhouse until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Which, if you're going to have to sit into anybody's clubhouse, <laughs> that was a nice that's one. That's a pretty <laughs> nice <laughs> one to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the great thing about that, and not that a rain delay is a good thing, but by the time we got out on the course, and you know, Sawgrass is famous for like six-hour rounds, everyone else had left. My foursome was like the, we were the only ones out on the course. And so oh, we never, beautiful. we were never delayed. Mm -hmm. We never had to wait on anybody. We had nobody behind us. So did you play any extra? Uh, no, we, cause we got done at eight o'clock at night, which is when they uh, shut down. That, so yeah. they were, they were like, they're just to get us off the course. They're ready. But, yeah. yeah. Time to go, boys. <laughs> but they were, you know, great hosts and, and we had a ball. We had a great time. That's good. You know, Dave, That's I don't, good. I don't think it would be the, you know, 18 holes every day that would get me. It would be the driving in between that would get me. You know what? That, that is actually true. So, in many cases, I've got three and four hour drives and I find that when I have a long drive, it really gets to my hips. Yeah, <laughs> and so right. I'll wake up the next morning and be like, oh man, you know, trying to get out of bed and it's not that easy, but uh, yeah. get up and stretch. And You know, today, speaking of some, some bad weather, you're always watching it. Today, you got a good, you ran the gamut almost. We, <laughs> we did, I mean, it's typical Indiana stuff, right? Earlier it was rainy. Yeah. Uh, we teed off just after the rain. Uh, the wind was blowing. It was a little chill. For, for this time of year. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden the wind stopped. It got hot and steamy. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden we're sweating. You know, here comes the bright sunshine after that. Yeah. And the only thing you missed was the snow. Right. And so we figured it was going to come by the 18th hole, but something not happened. Yet, and not yet. Well, last, last night when I went to bed, I thought we were going to get rained out. Yeah. I thought I was going to show up at the course and there's going to be closed. Right. But on Monday, back in Chicago, we got two tornado warning delays. So, yeah. And, yeah. A, and a lot of rain. So, Typical Midwest, no yeah, fun kind yeah. of weather. If you're expecting it and you're, you got the right attitude, it's fine. And the gear. 
<laughs> and the gear. Yeah. And the gear. Yep. You got to have the gear. How many? How about shoes? How many pairs of shoes are you going to go through on this trip? How many do you figure? <laughs> I started with two, and I bought one, mm -hmm. and I, I so I've thrown the oldest one away. So I always have two with me. Right. And uh, my second pair right now looks like I'm homeless. Um, <laughs> that up. So I'm, I'm on the in the market for a, another pair of shoes uh, shortly. Yeah. And how how many balls do you go through per round today? I have. He played lost. with one all day today, John. It was clean. <laughs> the, from the eight, from the first tee to the eighteenth green, that was the shiniest, cleanest ball I've ever seen. <laughs> Did he always lie to you, John? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I lose about two and a half balls around. So I, a couple of days ago, I added it all up. I keep track of all my strokes, all my balls lost, and I've lost uh, over one hundred and ninety balls. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got about six dozen in the back of my car right now. <laughs> Is there an over under on the curse words said versus curse words heard? Oh, it's definitely more said than more heard. More said than heard? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I'm playing by myself, you know. <laughs> Dave Flakelock is our guest here on those weekend golf guys. 100 days, 100 courses.com. And Dave, is, is there anything that folks listening right now can do to help you? Well, if they went to 100 days, 100 courses.com, they could either make a donation. They could sign up to play with me in the Northeast, which is still open. I still have a couple of slots available as I finish out this, this tour. So either one of those things would be greatly appreciated. Do you go any farther north than Boston or is that? As far north as you're going to go. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I'll be up in Equinox in Vermont. Oh, okay. um, I'll be in Boston, uh, three days up in the Boston area, mm -hmm. uh, four or five days around New York City. And they can even just follow me on Instagram or Facebook at 100 Days 100 Courses. And that, that helps spread the awareness. Yeah, definitely. So give a little bit. Come on, people. And uh, How long has this taken you so far on a calendar? On the calendar? Well, yeah. I started on March 14th. March 14th. Okay. And I'll finish on June 21st, which is the longest day of the year. So I missed the whole spring. The whole spring has been driving across the country. That's fantastic. <laughs> what a great idea. The stories you have. I mean, there's got to be a book in it somewhere, Dave. I think if I was a more natural writer, there might be. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. After I get a little bit of downtime when I get home, maybe I'll, I'll find you a ghost that. writer. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you do for a living normally? What do I do? Um, I'm semi-retired, and I work with uh, startup companies and entrepreneurs in the Boston area. Oh, okay. Dave Blakelock, I mean, we got a, we got a couple minutes left here yet. Are there any courses that you wished you had played that you're not going to get to play in this 100 days? You know, it's very interesting. So when I started this, you think about a hundred courses and so many, so many courses, you know, how do you, how do you decide? But even at, even today, I had everybody telling me, Oh, I can't believe you're not playing here. I can't believe you're not playing. Oh, yeah. There. We, first thing I asked him is if you played French Lick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so everywhere I go, I have a list of courses, whether it's Vegas, the places I missed down in LA, down in San Diego. You know, I've got an offer to go back to, um, oh God, I can't believe I'm, uh, what's the famous course in San Diego? Come on. Uh, Tory Pines. Tory Pines. Yes. So I've got an offer to go back to Tory Pines. I've got an offer to play at the Newport Beach Country Club. I mean, it, there's, there's everybody on, in a foursome that I'm with. It's like, they can't believe I missed this course. Right. I've only got a hundred of them. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you had to, something had to make the choice. Right. Right. And, and with teeoff.com helping you, that was a good thing. Yeah. Right? It was absolutely the best, best decision I made was to let them pick the courses. So, and, and as I said, they put me on better courses than I would have put myself on. So, <laughs> Fantastic. A lot, of fun, a lot of great courses. So is this a one-time thing, Dave, or you think you might bring it back and do it again sometime? 
you you better talk to my wife about that. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. I could, <clears throat> part of me says I've learned so much doing this once, you know, I should try to do it again. But mm -hmm. the other part of me says I value my marriage too much. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I understand. My wife will take it again. Right. Yeah. Well, let's maybe trim it, trim it down to 60. I have a, a number of, um, golf trips that I plan on taking going forward. So I don't know. I'm not sure they're all going to be back to back, but, uh, you know, things like the Trent Jones trail or the bourbon trail or right. going over to Scotland or Ireland. So right. we'll, we'll, I'll be doing some golf traveling. Yeah. That's for sure. Cause I see okay. some places on a map that, you know, places you've hit are fantastic. And, and I know some places that, you know, I, I just was imagining myself when, when we're talking about this on the golf course, where would I pick? Yeah. And and I've got a handful in these same areas that I would pick, and I'd like I want to go this course, this course, this course. I could write that down and pick a hundred courses and miss so many of them that everybody else would tell me the same thing. Exactly. There's yeah. just too many great golf courses in this country to limit yourself. I know there's there's one I, I play on vacation because on vacation we go back to Maine to visit my family, and mm -hmm. the, the Biddeford Saco Country Club. There's a little plaque on hole number one that says the first nine holes of this golf course uh, were the first nine holes designed by Donald Ross in the United States. And that's all they say about it. It's not anywhere else in their literature except on a little plaque on the first hole. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty cool. Things you can learn. Again, Dave Blakelock, 100days100courses.com. It's... Uh, a great adventure and it's a great cause raising money for Alzheimer's to combat the disease, raise money, find a cure and move on. Uh, Dave, we appreciate you uh, putting up with Jeff for 18 holes and sticking around with us for, for the day here on those weekend golf guys. Good luck with the rest of the courses, man. And we'll wave on our way through Boston when we hit through Maine this year. That sounds like a good plan. Thank you very much for having me today. Love it. And you guys hang out with us. We'll be right back. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy, just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golfguys. Are you a sales guy or a business owner? And do you use golf in your business? You should, you know. It's a great way to build a relationship much quicker and much more deeply than you can in a month full of business lunches. Really is. You can learn more about somebody in 18 holes of golf than, than, than you can any other way. Check it out. Make sure you do it right. We've got a place you can go. It's called thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Got a freebie there for you to download on how to put together the perfect foursome to actually make a whole lot of money, a whole lot more money than you're going to make normally. It's, it's the best way to make friends and influence people, if you pardon the expression. Golf for Business, thebusinessgolfcourse.com, the perfect golf foursome. You can get it for free. Just go there, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. One more time, the write it all out, one word, thebusinessgolfcourse.com, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. And we're back for a few moments yet on this uh, fine morning. We appreciate you being here. I also want to appreciate Dave Blaylock for uh, hanging out with us after his round with Jeff and uh, talking a little bit on the show here. 100days100courses.com. Go to the website. Help out a little bit. It's all to raise money for Alzheimer's. 
a very worthwhile cause. I also want to thank uh, Jared Smith, no relation. Jeff and Jared thought, well, Jeff thought maybe they were cousins, but he thought that maybe just we could get some free bourbon. DNA tests came back negative, so he's going to have to pay just like the rest of us. But uh, thank Jared for spending some time with us, too, here. And I do want to uh, reiterate to you that the Kentucky Bourbon Trail is a very fine vacation spot. Just come and take a little trip. You can see it's it's science, it's educational, it's a great family thing. And every great distillery seems to be within a golf ball's throw of a great golf course here in Kentucky. Mm, suspiciously so. But check that out. Also, want to talk to you now that uh, Dave Blaylock, is, he, he, he's in business for himself. He works with entrepreneurs. If you're in business for yourself, you're a salesperson or whatever, you need to uh, hone your skills on using golf to increase your business. It is the best way to get to know somebody. It's the best way to build trust with somebody. And it's the best way, basically, to justify being outdoors for four hours while you should be, quote-unquote, working. Um, and with the results you can get from using golf in your business, the boss isn't going to mind that you're outside, not sitting at your desk, working. Because uh, bottom line is what's important after all, right? I want you to go to a website. It is called thebusinessgolfcourse.com. All right, you write that down, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. want you to get involved in charity golf scrambles, which happen every week, multiple times in every market in the country. Look them up. I'm sure you've got one or two going on every Monday, if not other days throughout the week, too, in your town. So check it out. And to get involved in a golf scramble, to make it worth your while, to make it a profitable thing for your business, you need to put a team together correctly. Don't invite your friends. Invite people who are actually going to help you. And you're going to help them. And they're going to stay with you and be customers for life. How do you do that? Well, we've got the definitive answer. How to put together a killer golf foursome for a uh, charity golf scramble. A business golf foursome the right way. Just go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com and you can download that PDF for free. And read it. Call some friends. Call some customers. And then go out and play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.